This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. One of the places I've caught salmon and trout on my fly rod is about five minutes from a McDonald's and about 10 minutes from an NBA arena. It seems like the most unlikely place to fly fish, but it can be really good at certain times of year. It's just crazy. Well, that's what Dave and I are talking about today. The most unlikely places to catch trout. It's a fun topic, but it's also a good reminder not to overlook some places that might just be better than you think. So Dave, tell us about one of those unlikely places where you've caught trout on a fly rod. Well, one of my best memories was probably from 30 years ago. We were with a bunch of guys. We were traveling uh, across Montana, and we had a day on this new stream. Had never fished it before. That's it right, in, up in the northwest. Yeah, part it was of near Montana. Libby, Montana. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so one of the guys was standing on a bridge. And he had his fly rod out. He was just skating his, you know, his fly on the water. In fact, he was just kind of, he wasn't, it looked kind of like a Tenkara uh, approach. But <laughs> Yeah, he, before it's time. Before huh? <laughs> it's time, yeah. So he was just messing around. And this gorgeous cutthroat, it looked like a Dolly Varden. Mm, I remember the that. The colors were unbelievable and that thing he hit that thing it had to be three or four pounds and i remember how disgusted i was because like come on you know i'm i'm doing it right you know over here i'm fishing in the right kind of hole i'm using the right fly i'm not catching anything and our friend brian just gets the trophy it was in the center of the stream it was the water was probably only four or five inches deep there was no apparent pool or run it was just oh, man. devastating. It was. Hey, by the way, Steve, what's the story on this stream or river that's five minutes from a McDonald's and 10 <laughs> minutes from an NBA arena? Did the Los Angeles Lakers move to Bozeman, Montana? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they didn't. Uh, but maybe they all need to the way they've been playing. And now that Kobe's done. Oh, man. Uh, no, seriously, I was talking about the Milwaukee River as it runs through uh, Estabrook Park, uh, north of uh, the downtown Milwaukee area. It's really interesting. It, it's a beautiful setting. When you get down to the river, you've got trees lining the river. And and other than hearing an occasional siren, uh, you'd think you're on the Yellowstone. Well, I mean, the water quality isn't quite like the Yellowstone, no. <laughs> but but it's... It has kinda, a little color to yes, it. Yes, it does. It, it, has a, it has a little color to it. But these fish come in uh, from Lake Michigan, and I've done more fishing in October with the salmon run. And, and uh, it's it's just it's almost funny. It just cracks me up that you know, you're just driving through this urban area, and then all of a sudden there's a park, and the next thing you know, it's like you've been transported to this big river in the west. And so, yeah, again, you, you just never know where you're going to catch fish. So another unlikely place is the shallow water along the bank. And my wife and I often will spend a week up in the UP. We have four kids, and there's a camp up there, and so our kids have participated in the camp. They love the camp. My wife goes up there to to volunteer as a nurse. And so pretty much I have the week free. <laughs> oh, 
yeah, what a deal. You know, they go to camp. Your wife works hard. She's a nurse. And uh, and I go fly and you fishing. You go fly fishing. What a deal. Yeah, we've huh? had some conversations about that. Uh, I you bet know. you have. Sorry, sorry to bring up such a sensitive point. Well, there was another, um, <laughs> another father there who was tired of the camp. And so he and I found um, that there was this stream that crossed... Um, two back roads. And so there was about a, a four mile stretch of river. So we uh, drove one of our trucks to one end and the other end, we, we jumped in some float tubes and we floated the thing. Took us up a couple hours. But huh. I caught this really nice brown and it was counterintuitive along the bank. And I swear, I, I, I didn't see anything in the water, but the thing darted out and uh, it was right underneath the bank. And even though the water looked to be three or four inches yeah. at that point, he darted out mm. and hit it. And I caught this really nice brown. So the shallow water yeah. along the bank, sometimes you really can't see um, that the water is actually undercut in the bank. Yep. And that's where those big browns will sometimes cruise, especially later in the day. They're just, they're, they're looking for uh, prey, you know, they're preying on other smaller fish. I, I remember a similar time on the Gallatin in Montana, not too far from where I lived. I just had a couple of hours on a late on a Sunday afternoon and I, I uh, was fishing streamers and and I remember seeing this really good looking uh, run just right across the, the, the river and uh, th- this was actually was on a side channel I think and and so I, I th- I'm looking at this thing and I'm kind of walking up with my eye on this this run that's maybe 20, 25 yards away. And, and all of a sudden I realized that there's a fish almost down right down there near the bank. This big brown was cruising around and and thankfully I saw it in time and I, I got down and threw in my streamer and thankfully I was able to fool him and catch him. But, oh, that's awesome. but I had no idea that that's where I was going to be uh, catching a fish out of that section. You know, sometimes too on the... Uh, both the Madison River in Montana and the Owyhee in eastern Oregon, I fished. And the next thing I know, I realized that there are actually fish rising behind me just through the area that I wow. had walked through. And it really is a good reminder that that sometimes shallow water can be, uh, along the bank, can be a good place. That's not the first place you're going to look to fish. But uh, again, late in the evening, and if there's a hatch on, uh, a lot of times those fish will kind of move out of the current and, and uh, just get some of those bugs that are just struggling uh, right there in the surface. Well, we've mentioned this many times about pausing before you step into the river. Yeah. And um, because you, you know, intuitively you think, well, I just need to get to the, get to the run, right? Yeah. But sometimes there are fish in that, you know, that shallow water along the bank. And it's a good reminder that that may seem to be unlikely, but often it's a great place to fish. Yeah, it really is. You know, another category of unlikely places would be small uh, grass channels or small side channels. A number of years ago in Rocky Mountain National Park in in a place called Moraine Park. That's a beautiful uh, area. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Uh, The Big Thompson River. By the way, that's where I knelt down and asked my wife to marry really yeah in moraine park wow it was so romantic there was this big elk bugling that is really cool and then i uh you know then i asked her to marry me i don't think my wife thought that the elk bugling was romantic wow (laughs) by the way yeah well that's great what she didn't think was romantic then was when you went back to the car and got your fly rod and fish for a few minutes i'll be back in about an hour (laughs) 
right before dark. Yeah, what a cool place. Yeah, that that is a, that's a special place. Well, I don't know if you remember, there used to be some beaver ponds in that stretch. And by the way, it's called the Big Thompson River. It's just a creek at that point. Yeah. And I remember there were beaver ponds through that. And and I saw a guy, a park ranger named Jerry Williams, who was uh, who always led this fly fishing demonstration. I, I've talked about him before, but I uh, he's really the guy that got me interested in fly fishing. And I he he would always do this. You know, he'd do his demonstration, then we'd walk down to the uh, Big Thompson River, and and you know, he he'd just show us how to cast. And he he caught a fish every time. It was a brook trout, you know, an eight inch brook trout. But he said like in twenty years he'd been skunked once. So I remember a time or two though where he's instead of fishing in the main river in this big beaver pond, there, there's these little grass channels that uh, simply go through the. I mean, they're just little channels that go through the grass. They may be a foot wide. And I'll tell you what, he would cast in those things and, and he would pull trout out of them. And, and it was kind of a shock. And I, I, I did that. I wasn't <laughs> very patient because uh, you had to be right behind the, you almost had to stand on top of it and then, you know, cast directly you couldn't cast to an angle because then you'd have half of your line in the grass but i couldn't believe here are trout little brook trout in these side channels are probably a foot deep and a foot wide but uh, there, there were some nice fish in yeah, that that's a great reminder because I, I remember there's a place on the yellowstone you know right below hopper run yeah, that little mm-hmm. side channel that that's comes right. here. Yep. There's that one mm-hmm. nice little run there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I've we've, got some nice fish out of there. We've both done well. Yeah. Didn't you have another experience up in the UP that you were telling me about earlier? Well, there was a, I was um, fishing, uh, again, this was a small creek. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I was up at the camp and I was bored and I thought, oh, man, I fished this river. I fished this river. Let me try something new. I found this little trickle of a stream yeah. and um, and there was this small, it wasn't even a run. I wouldn't call it a run. It would be this small side channel. I swear it, the water couldn't have been more than three inches deep. And uh-huh. I cast up there and I didn't see anything in there. I was just doing it on a principle and mm-hmm. caught this really nice rainbow. Again, it was, you know, it wasn't 15 inches, but it was right. probably nine inches. Mm-hmm. And just this gorgeous little rainbow out of this unexpected little side channel. That's interesting. I I had a similar kind of experience on the Boulder River uh, in Montana, north of Yellowstone Park, south of Big Timber. It was that area that you and I fished uh, last summer. And and I remember I was fishing with one of my sons and and there was a a big, what had been a big side channel where uh, you you just tell there had been a lot of water through there during the spring uh, runoff, but it it was completely dry except for this little little tiny trickle and you know not not enough water for fish to be in but you know as we're we're kind of taking this as a shortcut and when we get back there i noticed well hey here's this big body of water almost looked like a little pond and and it had been left from uh, you know when the runoff went through and of course, the, the little trickle was enough to keep that from being brackish. I thought, I wonder if there are any trout in there. And uh, threw a fly there, and bam, uh, he had a like a 12 inch rainbow wow. on. That's a monster. Yeah, because in that stretch, you know, we always yeah, catch yeah, those yeah, yeah. nine or 10 inchers. And, and I think my son Ben and I ended up catching a handful of them out of there. Uh, never would have thought of it, but uh, again, you, you never know where you're going to run into fish. Well, and it's also 
important uh, when you feel like your places are getting crowded. Sometimes these little alternative places actually can produce yeah, great fish. That's right. In fact, uh, one of our next trips, we're going to uh, uh, do a little bit of exploring in, in the, uh, the Driftless area, actually the north part of the Driftless in Wisconsin. We've uh, had a guy tell us about some really little streams that uh, uh, not the kind of places that people would make trips out of, but that's why we're interested yeah, in them. Exploration. Yeah. What else, Dave? Other uh, surprising places you can catch trout? Well, I would also uh, advise you to look at the inlet and the outlet of lakes. Yeah, great Um, point. I don't fish a lot of lakes, but typically if I do, it's a high mountain lake. And there's a place uh, in the Collegiate Wilderness in Colorado, and there's actually two lakes up there um, separated by kind of a canyon. But one of them is called Harrison Flats, and it sits above the timberline. And just some nice, long, thin cuts. They're probably 13, 14. I may have gotten a 16-inch there, but that I'm probably when nobody was else there to measure. Exactly. (laughs) It probably was only 12 inches, Uh, but they're just beautiful cuts. But there's um, there's an inlet and the inlet actually is flowing from a lake higher up. And I've been at that lake, which is about another it's got to be another 500 feet up and you you have to hike to get there. But it's actually sterile. It's really deep, but sterile. But the lower lake, which is Harrison Flats, there's that inlet coming in there. I've got some really nice. Nice. Out of there. Yeah, I know. You go to a lake and, and everybody's thinking, oh, man, we've got to fish the lake. But I've had the same experience. There's a lake in Glacier National Park that that at times our family has done well in it. It's called Upper Two Medicine Lake, not the not Two Medicine Lake where the campground is. But if you hike up, uh, I don't know if it's three, four miles, uh, Upper Two Medicine Lake. I remember maybe the last time we went up there, and it's been a, been a few years, but we, we got up there and... And I don't know what it was, but the lake just wasn't fishing that well. And so we were desperate. So we just started fishing the outlet. And I'll tell you what, we caught some really beautiful fish. They were uh, uh, some big brookies. And uh, it just reminded me again, sometimes the, the best places may be the inlet or the outlet. Yep. One other uh, uh, kind of a funny uh, place to fish, but when I lived in Montana, one summer I worked uh, as a as a worked for a ditch rider, uh, the guys that go around and they do a lot of uh, uh, spraying for uh, you know noxious weeds like knapweed and and Russian thistle and that kind of stuff. And and uh, this guy was uh, responsible too for uh, all the irrigation along the the ditches, the irrigation ditches. And, and I remember him telling me he said there are you know there are trout in these. They they work their way up from the the Yellowstone River just like uh, uh, they they work their way up smaller streams and he says once in a while you can catch them and i uh, i never did i think one of my brothers did we went up one time to one of these uh, irrigation ditches and where where it looked like there's this little waterfalls where one ditch dumped into another there were a couple fish congregating in that my brother caught one so you never know you never know where you might catch well i've actually heard about that in montana you know, I, when I've been out there, I've talked to other ranchers out there and, um, and it's really great, especially during hopper season where you, you know, Oh, that's when to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's really, these ditches are not wide. How wide? Some of them are like what? Three yeah, feet wide. I mean, three maybe? feet wide. Right. And, um, it's so, and counter- there's no character on the bottom. It's not like no. they've got a lot of rocks. There's no or, structure. Yeah. There, it's, yeah. Just, it's a ditch. But somehow know. they're in there and, um, I've heard now, 
I have never caught, but I've heard people catching four or five pound browns out of there. Yeah, it may not be uh, worth a trip to Montana no, to fish the no. irrigation ditches. What are you going to fish? <laughs> oh, the Yellowstone or no, I think we'll do irrigation ditches this summer. <laughs> All right. It's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Dave and I always enjoy reading your comments, your questions, your stories. Today's item comes from Duane Gallup, and he has quite a story to tell. He writes... I'm 75 and still fly fish in some slippery river bottoms and dangerous terrain for elusive trout. I can safely avoid the obvious, but sometimes can't see the underwater hidden slippery rocks. Boy, isn't that true. No kidding. He says, a wading staff is a necessity for me, and I always anticipate stepping on one of these rocks. Wading staffs, belts, and any other safety precaution can be the key to your future, especially for fragile old timers. And then he kindly says, this is one of the best articles on this site. Uh, So thanks, Duane, for that. Yeah, wow. Then he tells us really interesting story. He says, I was confronted by a grizzly in Alaska, but faced it and didn't run. It came so close that I was about to drop to a fetal position when the grizz stopped, stood upright a few moments, it seemed forever, then moved into the brush. My legs gave way and I dropped to my knees. When I gained control, I slowly walked to my airplane and heard the bear follow me all the way. Everyone should read and learn what to do when confronted by a dangerous animal. Holy cow, wow. that's amazing. Man. And he is absolutely oh right. My Goodness. You know, I'm, I'm impressed that he walked to the plane. The temptation would be to run. And you know what? If you run, that grizzly is going to be running yeah, as well. Yeah, you're become prey at that point. Wow, what a story. Well, that's going to do it for today. Uh, what are some of the most unlikely places you have caught fish? Uh, we'd really love to hear these. Absolutely. You've got to have some good stories. So uh, please tell uh, some of these stories to us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What are some unlikely places that fly fishers should not overlook. You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed on your mobile phone or tablet. Each week, we publish a new episode and one new article. Many listeners to our podcast use Podcast as their mobile app. You can find Podcast in your app store. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.